It's one of the one of the great things about God is if we reflect how good God has been to us, where we might be if we didn't know God, if God had withheld his goodness from us, what would our situation be like? Where would we have ended up at this point in our lives? Would we even be here? God has really been good to us. And today, as we reflect on just a part of God's goodness to us, we join this, this kind of the stream of people throughout history that recognized God's goodness and celebrated that fact and stand in awe of God. Well, I'd like you to um, take your seats and we'll get cracking into the message. Thank you, team, for leading us. So we're part of a stream of people. We're also part of a, a message which is part of a series of messages that has begun last week with Ben speaking to us about our my heart, my responsibility. Daniel spoke to us today about my resource, my responsibility. Today, my um, got job is to speak to you about my gift, my responsibility. When Ben spoke about my heart, my responsibility, he referred to the words that we speak, the weight that we take from and give, the things that we give weight to display our heart, and the wow, the, the sense of awe that we bring to the celebration that we bring to every aspect of our, our life. Daniel actually stole some of my uh, thunder this morning because I, I've actually, I didn't talk with him about it, but uh, actually my key text is the text from Matthew 25, the parable of the talents. So good on you, Dan. <laughs> but let's jump to First Peter chapter 4 when we look at my gift, my responsibility. Peter's writing to a church that are undergoing stress. Uh, in, in the New Testament church, there was a lot of persecution. And so he's writing to them and he says in verse 10 of chapter 4, Every believer has received grace gifts. So use them to serve one another as faithful stewards of the many-coloured tapestry of God's grace. For example, if you have a speaking gift, speak as though God was speaking his words through you. If you have the gift of serving, do that passionately with the strength God gives you so that in everything, God alone will be glorified through Jesus Christ. For to him belong the power and the glory forever throughout all ages. He's been so, so good to us. Amen. Lord, lead us this morning in discovery of gifts and responsibilities what you've given, and what you expect. In Jesus' name, amen. So first of all, I thought, let's have a look at a definition. What is a gift? Everyone knows what a gift is. Um, I found it quite interesting thinking I knew what a gift was. So I went and had a look. In, in the Webster's Dictionary, it defines gift as a special ability or a talent. And in the Strong's Concordance, the Greek Concordance, it refers to a gift as a grace endowment. It's not limited to spiritual gifts, but it's a favour which one receives without any merit of his own. 
It's something we receive. We can't earn it. We haven't done anything that make us any better than anybody else to receive that gift. It's just given to us. I'm so pleased Daniel read from the parable of the three servants or sometimes called the parable of the talents because it does make us aware that in Jesus' story of the parable of the talents, it was because of Jesus and his teaching and using that story that today we actually have the word talent and use it in such a form as an ability or a gift. Before Jesus began to use that in his story and people picked it up over the ages and interpreted it this way, a talent was just a measure of weight and it had value. You can see how it kind of links across pretty easily. But that's, that's the catalyst for our current understanding of the word talent. It came from the parable of the talents because before that it was primarily just used as a, a word to describe a weight of measure. Um, so gift and talent today, I'm going to be using those synonymously. Is my gift really mine? Well, the gift or talent that we have may be seen as, yes, it belongs to God. He gives it to us graciously. It's nothing that we have done. We have no merit. But it also, as it's given to me, it becomes mine and I receive it and then I'm accountable for what I do with it. How I use that gift is up to me. So the premise for this message is that all gifts, the natural so-called and the spiritual so-called, all gifts come from God and it's a result of his benevolence and his grace toward us that we have these gifts. In fact, everybody in the planet, the whole population of the whole world, the six billion plus people, are all recipients of God's grace gifts. We couldn't do anything we do without the gifts of God. So what's my responsibility? Well, I take it pretty simply. Responsibility is being able to respond. I'm response-able. Uh, so I'm capable of responding. In a situation, I'm capable of responding. I, am, I'm given, I can give a response, response-able. Our greatest responsibility is to serve. Jesus said, if you want to be great, you have to serve. To be response-able in my service to God and to other people in my community. So with those definitions in the background, let's have a look at my gift so my gift, I find it has three, a breakdown into three parts, really. My gift is gracious. It's been given to me as a gracious gift of God. God gives it to me, and it's tactical. My gift is tactical. It's got, it's got a purpose. It's got this meaning behind why God gave me this gift, why God gives you that gift. And it's substantial, it's gracious, tactical, and substantial. Let's unpack, excuse the um, slight pun, let's unpack the gracious part of the gift. So a gift is intrinsic. So you'd all agree it's built in. When my mum and dad uh, had me, they didn't attend any clinics or anything with um, Patricia. Um, but when they had me, 
My dad was a builder. My mum was a home person. Um, they weren't kind of thinking that if we we have a child, it's going he he or she is going to be a brilliant um, brain surgeon. So that's why we'll have a child. They didn't know what I was going to be like. The gift is intrinsic. Anyone ever bought a Kinder Surprise for their child? I, th- I think it's Cooper likes the toys but doesn't like the chocolate. But inside the Kinder Surprise, you don't know what you're going to get. That's the surprise part. So children are a bit like that. When we're born into the earth, onto the world here, we are like that. We, we don't know what we've got and it's all a surprise. Um, but it's personalised and God has given it to us. Romans 12 verse 6, Paul writes, In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. I love the definition of grace that was given to me by a pastor in Wellington, Pastor John Watson. He said, Grace is God's divine enabling to be who God wants me to be and to do all that God wants me to do. That's why it's called a gift. A gift of grace. It's not demanding and we can't demand it. Every person on the planet has got an intrinsic set of gifts from God. But it's gracious. It's unmerited. It's undeserved. My gifts are not a result of this human determination or genetic engineering. Having parents that are both mathematically gifted does not guarantee that the child will be a mathematical genius. And having parents that have no academic um, overt ability does not mean that the child who is born to those parents will also be in the same mode. The child might be Einstein. I could have looked back and found some examples of that, but you just don't know. It's all unmerited. My gifts and your gifts are totally an act of grace. This is true inside and outside the church. Romans 12, chapter 3, in this section, Paul is doing a long dissertation about gifts. We read, For by the grace or unmerited favour of God given to me, I warn everyone among you not to estimate and think of himself more highly than he ought, not to have an exaggerated opinion of his own importance, but to rate his ability with sober judgment, each according to the degree of faith apportioned by God to him. Therefore, I have no reason to boast in my gifts. I realize that any talent that I have is a grace from God to serve the church and influence the world. Not only is it unmerited, but it's also a gracious gift and it's unique. Same chapter Paul writes in verse 6, Romans 12 verse 6. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy... Speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you a leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Let's do a little check on gifts. 
So I'm talking about gifts. I'm saying they're gracious. But you may not actually, you're sitting in the room or you're watching online, you may not actually be aware of your gifts. So here's a quick little quiz I found that can give you some idea of your gifts, okay? There are five simple things you have to ask yourself or five simple ways to determine it. The first thing is, listen to what other people are saying about you. Listen to what other people are saying about you. The second thing is, think back in your life and determine what you found easy to do that other people might have found hard to do. For instance, I love packing the car for holidays. I just, I just love it. I love opening the boot. It's like a, it's a blank slate. It's just waiting to be, for things to be placed in in a certain order. And, and I, I, will put, I will put the esky into the boot three or four different ways to see which way fits best. And all the squishy things can go in behind and push. It's a wonderful thing. But other people, other people find no joy in that at all. Third, third, you could think to yourself, I find that easy to do, but the third thing is, what, what do you actually derive joy from doing? What gives you the greatest pleasure? That could be an indicator. Fourthly, if you're reading and watching, maybe the thing that you're gifted to do, you gravitate towards those things, and then that becomes the focus of all your conversation. You talk about it a lot with people. That could be another indicator. What is your conversation focus? And fifthly, if you're still unsure, you could always go to somebody who knows you well and ask them, what do you think my gifts are? Well, gifts are tactical. That's the second point. Gifts are tactical. They're given according to ability. God's got a purpose and he gives according to ability. Dan read that passage uh, from Matthew, where Jesus was speaking. And in Matthew 25 and verse 15, we read, To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to their own ability. So God has purposed and given these things according to our ability. They're also given with an end goal in mind. So in God's tactic, he's thinking ahead. So before we are born, God knows what is going to be needed to bring about his purpose in the time and place that we are existing when we are born. Just think about that for a bit. So God gives gifts with the end goal in mind. He's got a purpose. My gift and its outworking are part of God's big purpose in bringing the good news to the world. The end goal becomes the primary purpose for my contribution in life. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, Paul writes, We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The end goal is always what God is looking for, tactical. It's also tactical in the fact that it's to do with people, place, and pressure. So... All of the gifts that we have are sensitive to that. Within our society, different people groups exist. We tend to associate and relate with one or more of these groups. They could be like school friends, uh, work colleagues, family members, sports team, 
You might play video games online late at night and you might get to know the people that you're playing with, um, not looking anywhere in the room. Um, could be a church connect group, could be play group. They're all groups of people and you join with those groups of people. In the process of meeting with those people, you become aware or sensitive to how that group operates and how you can express your gifts and talents and contribute to the life of that group. But from time to time, there are some issues that those groups encounter which are difficult issues. Um, They add pressure to the group. For instance, there could be a death. There could be uh, an accident. There could be some other trauma, bushfire, uh, loss of house, car accident, that kind of thing. And it's there where your, your gift may be just the thing that is needed in that situation. But God knew ahead of, ahead of time, and he's placed that gift in you for such a time as this. Um, the great poet from ancient Rome, Horace, it's an interesting name, isn't it, Horace? Um, he penned these words many hundreds of years ago. Adversity has the effect of eliciting talents which in prosperous circumstances would have lain dormant. That reminds me of, in Australia, some of the native um, trees whose seeds only crack open and can germinate after a bushfire. It takes the intense heat, that pressure, to crack the seed and then the tree will grow. But it wouldn't happen under normal conditions. So let's do another gift check. So God has given you a talent. Someone said this, and I'm misquoting it, but I don't know what it was. God has given you a talent. What you give back to God, that's your gift. So he gives you the talent, and what you give back to him is your gift to him. In what ways? Here's the question. Just check. No hands need to be raised at this point. Um, In what ways are you currently using your gifts in a context which is outside of your main workplace. Have a bit of a think about that. What way are you using your gifts in a context outside of your main workplace? Thirdly, gifts are substantial. A substantial gift has value. No gift from God is insubstantial. And the talents referred to in Jesus' story is a measure of value. I found this out. You know, in the Bible, they've got the little footnotes at the bottom and they've got little letters next door to it. Sometimes it's at the bottom or it's in the middle of the margin or something. And usually I don't read those. But I found this out in the Amplified Bible in the footnotes. Now, this is, this is amazing. A talent, it's a measure of value. It's like, as Daniel read out in the story. But one talent of silver was worth... In Jesus' day, it's a good comparison for today, one talent of silver was worth more than 15 years' wages. One talent of silver. So God has entrusted his possessions with me. My talent is his gift to me, therefore it is valuable. I should never diss my gift. It's very valuable. It has, as a second point in Being substantial, it has weight. Um, Again, from the parable of the servants, 
We see further that the individual's gift or talent also has weight in the life of a person. Now, Ben spoke last week about weight, and he said what, what we um, put our weight into. What do we put our weight into? What is our focus? What is our mission? What is our purpose? And in terms of talent and putting weight, I think our talent and the weight that it has, it becomes like our leverage in leadership. It's what, what we can use to move people. It's also our point of influence in mission or church service. Our talent becomes our point of influence. And it's also potentially where our most significant contribution to the life of the people group, the church, the community is going to be. It's going to be based around our talent. That's our weight. And thirdly, uh, it makes room for us. Our talent makes room for us. Proverbs 18 verse 16 reads, A man's gift given in love or courtesy makes room for him and brings him before great men. So we use our gift uh, as a plat- in our platforms. We've previously had teaching from the platform here about platforms. And our platform or our sphere of interaction is where we can widen the effectiveness of our gifts. And we have a bigger possibility for influence if we use our gift within that platform. No one knows, but only God, how far your gift can take you. And every time I get the opportunity to preach, I like to put in a quote by Ludwig van Beethoven. So here is one on that whole idea. Now, Beethoven as you probably are aware, was a great musician, a great composer, but he had some severe disabilities. But he wrote this, the barriers are not erected, which can say to aspiring talents and industry, thus far and no farther. There's no limit. Let's have a look at my responsibility. My responsibility is to, to develop my capacity to, you, to service opportunity, and to build my community. How do I develop my capacity? Well, training and practice. It's pretty simple. God made us. He knows us. He gives us gifts judiciously as he sees fit. So we shouldn't complain about what we've been given. We should be working on what we've been given. I used to marvel and be slightly jealous of Phil Keege, he was an American guitarist and singer, still, still does a lot of playing and singing and recording. He could play so well and he could sing so beautifully and he could do both at the same time. As an example, Jimi Hendrix was uh, reported to be on The Tonight Show one time, Jimi Hendrix, the great guitar player, in the late 60s. Johnny Carson turned to him and he said to Jimmy. What's it like being the greatest guitarist ever? And Hendrix is reported to have turned to Carson and said, I don't know, you'd have to ask Phil Keege. Um, I realised, though, that my gift creates an area of influence for me. And I can reach people that Phil Keege, way over there in the United States, couldn't reach. So my job was to rehearse, to train, to develop my gifts to best reach and serve the people in my audience. Bertoldo di Giovanni, the teacher 
of Michelangelo is reported to have said one time when he saw Michelangelo fritting, frittering away his time at a substandard piece of sculpture, Michelangelo, talent is a cheap, dedication is a costly. So at, at Creative, which I'm a part of Creative in our church here, we run training nights. And in the training nights, we touch on various points in the service that we as creative are having input into. We look at encouraging everyone in creative to develop personal skills. Uh, we might discuss tutorial options, YouTube, etc. We might have someone speak from the front to the group about musical theory and that kind of thing. Uh, we have a number of tools that we use in creative. We have the Planning Centre Music Stand, which is helpful for our rehearsals. Our aim is to train and upskill all the people that are part of our creative group. And the reason for that is, while, while we have been given the gift, our responsibility is to increase our capability. What can we do? What can we do better? What can we do more? So to develop our capacity, on-the-job mentoring is another thing. The role of the on-the-job mentor is to impart what they know and to depart. So imparting and departing is the, the key of the mentor. So I've noticed this a few times uh, with the caretakers in our church. I noticed it when uh, Troy was learning to be a caretaker, and I think it was John took him aside and walked with him for a morning and showed him the ropes and then then let him flap his little wings and <laughs> he, he became... There he goes. Look at that. He's flapping them now. <clears throat> but I've seen Kathy um, witness the same thing last week with Simon and Andrew. There's a caretaker mentoring responsibility and teaching them on the job. Jesus used the same model with his disciples. And in Acts chapter 13, very interestingly, we see the church set aside Barnabas and Saul in verse 2. It says in chapter 13. Then in, in verse, let me check the verse... And then in verse 16, it says, Paul arose. And then in verse 50, it says, finally, Paul and Barnabas, da-da-da-da. So it went from being Barnabas the mentor, taking Paul under his wing. Then Paul arose, and at the end of the chapter, Paul is the leader and Barnabas has taken the lesser role. And I think that's the role that mentors have in our life. And it's how we can take responsibility. Um, thirdly, to develop our capacity, we have to read, observe, and most of all, be willing. Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 10 says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. So we've got many ways to develop capacity. There's lots of written books, videos, um, even our City Church um, Grow course is uh, available for discipleship and service. It's based on the three uh, legs of our vision statement, reaching, raising, and releasing. But look, you can't go past the great Australian saying, which you'll hear, it's an encouragement, it's heard on a slow innings afternoon at the SCG. Have a go! Have a go! It's getting a bit 
bit slow like that at the cricket, you'll hear the crowd start chanting that. I'm going to tell you about an opportunity that's coming up where you can have a go. And it's called Christmas Under the Stars. Christmas Under the Stars is an event that we're holding in the community down at the Mount Riv Primary School. It's obviously a Christmas event. It's on the 15th of December. I want you to think now about how you might be able to put your gifts into action down there. We're looking for a wide range of gifts and abilities. Security, singing, construction, catering, tech assistance, setting up, packing up, working with children, organising parking, and there probably is many, many, many other areas as well. But I want you to consider how you could be a part of it. Don't think, oh, that the young people can do that, or don't think, oh, the creative group can do that. No, it's we can do that. Our church can do that. So have a, have a think about it now, and when the sign-up sheets come around in time, in a service or two to come, you'll already be prepared. You'll already know what you're signing up for. Start thinking now. That's a way, that's a way that you can be response-able. Um, I think one of the main things is that we, we are a, in we, responsibility for our gift. We are there to service opportunity. In the parable of the talents, there was a response able and there was a disabled response. The first two servants responded ably. They took the talent that was given to them, they invested it, and they doubled what was given to them. But there was also the disabled opportunity, the short circuit, the means, no means of improvement or development, where the third servant went and dug a hole. The first two servants, it says, they went immediately, they got started. The third servant went immediately as well, but he dug a hole. I I just was thinking about how many times the third servant must have walked past that place where he dug the hole just to make sure it was still there. And while the master was away, it said the master was away for a long time. Imagine how many times he walked past that spot making sure nobody had kind of played with it. It was all still safe. It would would have been a terrible feeling for him. To service our opportunity, we also have to be faithful. Romans 14, verse 12, Paul writes to the church, Yes, each of us will have to give a personal account to God. And already we heard Daniel read out about how after a long time the master returned and he was going to settle accounts with those servants. And you recall Daniel said, You've been faithful and trustworthy over a little things. He's talking to servant one and two. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. Faithful. We have to be faithful. What does it mean to be faithful? It basically just means that we did what the master thought we were going to do. He had faith in us. He gave us this gift, entrusted it to us, and we have been faithful to do what he gave it for us. To do. So, no, gave it to us to do. Gave it for us to do. We've been faithful. His, his faith has been rewarded. Yeah. And the third thing is we have to be humble. After all, 
Paul's very clear when he writes in 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 7. What do you have that God hasn't given you? And if everything you have is from God, why boast as though it was not a gift? So humility is a key thing. Then finally, we need to we have this gift in order to build community. My responsibility is to build community. And of course, we do that with motivation of love. The, uh, the part in Corinthians chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, just before the love chapter, is where Paul is speaking. He says, but it's obvious by now, isn't it, that Christ's church is a complete body, not a gigantic unidimensional part. It's not all apostle. It's not all prophet. Not all miracle worker. Not all healer. Not all prayer in tongues. Not all interpreter of tongues. And yet some of you keep competing for the so-called important parts. But now I want to lay out a far better way for you. And Paul, of course, goes on to explain that way of love. Because we are all part of the body, no matter what our gift or talent is, we all need to check our motivation frequently and often. To build my community, my responsibility is to sow in and to buy in. What you place value on, particularly where you spend your time and energy, will inform your ownership, your sense of belonging. As I sow in time, giftedness, energy into my family, my workplace or church, I directly influence all those people around me. I have a voice in my community, not because I'm anyone special, but because of my buy-in, my commitment. In the parable of the servants, servant one and two improved and expanded that original gift. So they sowed in. It was in their best interest to work and develop the talents they'd been given if the master's household did well, they did well. So that was their buy-in. But ultimately, I am, like they are, still servants. And to build my community, I've got to get that essential team mix. I love this quote from Steven Spielberg. He says, when I was a kid, there was no collaboration. It's you with a camera bossing your friends around. But as an adult filmmaker, I find it's all about appreciating the talents of the people you surround yourself with and knowing you could never have made any of these films by yourself. All gifts are required. The body does not consist of one limb or one organ. We're all connected. We all work together to see the vision become reality. We all use our several and varied gifts to reach, raise, and release people into the kingdom of God. Now, it's interesting to note that as I take my responsibility seriously, we see a, a growth spiral begin to develop. So on the next slide, there we go. If, if I develop my capacity by training and practice on the job, mentoring and reading, observing and willingness, then that feeds into service opportunities. So if I'm responsible, faithful and humble, then that feeds into building community. So I take on that 
idea of motivated by love, sewing in, buying in, getting the team mixed, being part of the team, that then feeds into I get a greater capacity. My greater capacity allows me to serve more. My service opportunity allows me to build a community more. The more the community builds, I develop my capacity and so on around, and it just builds and builds and builds. So my gift, my responsibility is to see the church develop as a healthy, functioning body now and in the future. Amen. Thanks, everyone.